Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, all right. Hey, here we go. We're going to delay on that one. All right. Hey, it's Johnny Boy. It's Sunday morning, and uh, I was helping Ken Ammy um, work on his uh, website, TrueFreeThinker.org. No, TrueFreeThinker.com. It's Ken Ammy's site, and uh, he was saying, "Well, I'm, I'm, I've been working on it with him for a few days," and he's like, "Well, I gotta go now. I gotta, I gotta go to Sunday morning services." I thought, "Oh man, well, I should go to some Sunday morning services somewhere." So I don't have a home church, and so I was thinking, oh. And so I decided to, um, I'm like, hey, well, maybe I'll, like, make my own little church service here on the on this, the Fringe Radio Network. That's FringeRadioNetwork.com. And so he got me here. I'm the pastor's sick, so Johnny is filling in. <laughs> uh, I, I am not a pastor. I have not gone through seminary. Um, I did meet J. Vernon McGee in 1986, though. Shook his hand, signed my Bible, and I've uh, been through the whole Bible a few times, and I have listened to countless sermons and studies in the last, well, when was I saved? See, so it was uh, um, 1985, April, somewhere in April of 85. So, yeah, we're pushing like uh, 38 years now as a believer, so... And all that time, I have like done a lot of studies and listened to a lot of sermons, so I can sort of be a sort of a pastor, sort of. I can give you a little sort of a sermon here, <clears throat> do the best I can anyway. Um, we should have let's we should have some organ music though here. Uh, where's my organ? I gotta have some organ music somewhere around here. I probably dig it up for you somewhere. It's got to be some organ music. I wonder if it's over here. Um, oh, okay, how about how about this? Um, Oh, that's lovely. So nice. Doesn't that make you feel holy? I don't know. <laughs> at least we're at least we're pushing you a little bit that way with this wonderful fugue music. Royalty free. Oh, yeah. So nice. Welcome to Fringe Radio Network Sunday morning church services. The Fringe Church. The Fringe Church, everybody. With your pastor, Johnny, who's not a pastor. <laughs> I'm filling in for the pastor who's sick. Actually, we don't have one. So I'm, uh, I'm Johnny, your half assed preacher for this Sunday morning. <laughs> Am I qualified? No, but I have been studied. I'm pretty well studied over the time period of 38 years. So um, in 30, I was saved uh, April morning, 1985 in a snakebite Pentecostal church 
people rolling around on the floor speaking in tongues. I had all these hands laying on me. Everybody laid hands on me, and the Holy Ghost was like filling the atmosphere in the church. You couldn't even see the fog was so thick. And I was led to Jesus on that Sunday morning in 1985, April morning. And, uh, yeah, so uh, that's my qualifications as a preacher. I'm not a preacher. I am only Johnny, owner of the Fringe Rare Network and host of The Iron Show, which is on this self-same Fringe Radio Network. Oh, yeah. And we're live here for Sunday services. Sunday services. Let's listen to a little organ music while I pull up my, my stuff, my notes. up where are they here there see a real pastor has his notes right in front of me oh dear so anyway yeah good morning good sunday morning and welcome to the fringe radio network church um let's start this uh sermon session church session with a tiny bit of prayer let us bow our heads now everybody bow your heads unless you're driving then just keep keep your eye on the road buddy Lord God of Israel, thank you so much for all the blessings that you have laid upon us, and thank you so much for all the lessons that you have taught us, and we have so much to be thankful for, even though we're having a really hard time, you know, especially here lately. I know a lot of us are having a hard time, but at the same time, we are so thankful for all the many blessings that you have bestowed on us, and We just want to thank you. We want to thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, my little sermon here is not really well-formed, but so it's going to be kind of sketched out. But, um, you know, you get a lot of these Hebrew Roots-type people, legalists, um, heavy-duty, hardcore messianics and stuff. You see them a lot on Twitter and Facebook and other forms of... Social media, and they want to put you back under the law of Moses. And a lot of people know, a lot of your plain vanilla modern Christians know that, well, we're not under the law of Moses, but they don't know exactly how that works. And uh, so we have to start out um, with a figure in the Old Testament known as Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is a very mysterious figure. We don't know much about him in truth. We don't know. We know very little about Melchizedek. We know, let's say, I was born, I was born in 1962, September 10th, 1962. I'm 60 years old now. Melchizedek, his birthday, when it says, uh, when it talks about the origin of Melchizedek, his birthday, it says he comes from everlasting His days are without number. He comes from everlasting. So Melchizedek doesn't have a birthday. He kind of comes from eternity. He was born. He was born in eternity. Well, that's trippy. What's that about? Uh, Well, we know Jesus is about the same way. So um, there's a lot of theologians who believe that Melchizedek was a pre-incarnation of Jesus. Because of the way it's described, he's the king of peace. 
um, which he was the king of Salem, which Salem was the city before it became Jerusalem. Jeru means new, and Salem, or Salem, means peace. So the Jerusalem means new peace. Uh, so we know Melchizedek was the king of Salem, and that was Jerusalem before it was Jerusalem. Salem means peace. So we know he's the king of peace. You could say prince of peace. And we know that he brought out bread and wine to David and his soldiers when they were hungry and thirsty, fighting many battles. They passed by Salem, and the king of Salem, Melchizedek, came out and bringing bread and wine, fed his army. <clears throat> so we know that he's the king of peace. He comes from everlasting, from eternity, and he brought bread and wine. That's what we know about Melchizedek. That's basically, that's basically all we know about Melchizedek. So a lot of people think that um, he is a pre-incarnate version of Jesus. Um, he, you know, if you can picture Jesus as somebody else um, walking around in, old, in the very beginning, the Old Testament times, uh, then you have Melchizedek. But we don't know. I mean, I don't. I think that's very interesting. Uh, it's very, I mean, it's logical, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know that we have this guy. He's the king of Salem in the Old Testament. His name is Melchizedek. He doesn't have a birthday. He comes from eternity, and he brings bread and wine. And that's really all we know about the guy. Okay, well, <clears throat> now we have a, um, we, have a we, we have a psalm about him. There's There's a mention in the in the Psalms, and that would be Psalm 110 and verse 4, the Lord hath sworn and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He's talking about Jesus. It's a, it's a, it's a prophecy of the Messiah coming. It's a prophecy of Jesus coming. That's a prophetic Psalm. I think that was a Psalm of, uh, who was the other guy that wrote psalms besides David, the prophetic guy, the music teacher? Uh, Laura? <laughs> My dear wife is helping me. Asaph. A psalm of Asaph, yeah. Which most of the psalms of Asaph, as we learned by doing a lot of studies, a lot of iron shows with Matthew Miller, most of the psalms of Asaph are all very quite highly prophetic. Very prophetic. You could say that all the Psalms are prophetic, but the Psalms of Asaph, when you when you know he wrote it, you got to go, ah, I think this is a Psalm of Asaph, 110. I might be wrong, but and it sure, sure looks like it because that's seriously prophetic. Um, I'll read it again. <clears throat> uh, Psalm 110 and verse 4. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent, thou art a priest after the order of Melchizedek. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the coming Messiah. He's going to be a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Why? Why is it after the order of Melchizedek? What else would it be? Well, I'll tell you what else it would be. It would be after the order of Aaron. What do you mean Aaron? What's that? Oh, well, Aaron was the father of Levi. And Aaron was basically the first high priest of Israel. Um, and uh, his son Levi... And their family were the Levites. They were in charge of the pre the temple 
and the, all the Levitical laws. They're called Levitical because they come from Levi, who was the son of Aaron. So when we say the priesthood of Aaron or the pre, there, or the Aaronic, Aaronic priesthood, which it's called a lot of times, that's a term you'll hear, is uh, actually we're talking about his son, Levi, the Levitical laws. 600 and something Levitical laws. And uh, I guess you could actually, the Ten Commandments by extension, I guess you could say. But um, that's the that's the law that when some legalist is coming at you like a Hebrew roots or a heavy duty messianic coming at you with the law, he's talking about the law of Aaron, the law of Levi, the Levitical laws, the laws of the Old Testament, the six hundred and some laws, plus the Ten Commandments by extension. Arguably, that's a very big subject right there. We won't go into it really. We'll touch on it a little bit here in my little. In my little sermon, but <clears throat> so, so now Jesus, he's going to be a priest after the order of Melchizedek, not Aaron. That's interesting. What's that about? Well, we'll look in Hebrews, right? Um, uh, and it talks about, let's see, um, I guess I should read it. Um, he's talking about Levi, and uh, as I may... And as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Melchizedek's been around like forever, right? So, if therefore perfection were by the the Levitical priesthood, he's talking about the law, for under it the people received the law. That's the Levitical law. What further need was there? For another priest, that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek. Talking about Jesus. And not be called after the order of Aaron. Wait a minute. So Jesus isn't even called after that order of law, after that priesthood. He's called after Melchizedek. Right? So all those laws, the Levitical laws and all that, Jesus isn't even called after that. He's called after that order. That's the Aaronic order, the order of Aaron, the order of Levi, the Aaronic priesthood. He's not called after that priesthood. He's called after the priesthood of Melchizedek. He comes in the order of Melchizedek, not Aaron. So there's something that's it's, uh, right there. That's, that's the mechanics of why we're not under those Levitical laws, because those were the order of Aaron. And Jesus is the order of Melchizedek. So, well, Melchizedek, well, what do we know about Melchizedek? How are we going to find out about the laws of Melchizedek? Well, Melchizedek was the king of peace. And he brought bread and wine. Okay, well, I guess that's all we really need to know about the law of Jesus. I mean, <laughs> Jesus gave it. He always said, keep my commandments. Well, what commandments? The ten? No, if you read back it further, find the antecedent of the commandments he's talking about he's talking about the two commandments right love your love god love your neighbor those are the two commandments when jesus said keep my commandments he's talking about those two commandments on those two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets because if you really love god with all your heart mind body soul spirit and you love your neighbor the same as much as you love yourself you're going to follow all those laws, including nine of the Ten Commandments. 
The other commandment that you're not following there, arguably, would be the Sabbath commandment. Uh, the Christian church isn't given a Sabbath commandment instruction. We don't know. We know that St. Paul said that some people esteem one day above others. He's talking about the Sabbath. And he's saying some people think all day, they, they esteem all days the same, equally. All days are holy. All days are just as important as any other. Right? He said, let everybody be convinced in his own mind. Right? So, and it's at all, he also says that um, don't judge any man for Sabbaths or new moons or feasts because those were a shadow of Jesus. And now that we have the real Jesus, we can rest. He's our Sabbath rest. We rest in him. So do you want to keep the Sabbath like um, in the old covenant? Sure, go ahead. Do you not? Do you want to do it another day? Like Christians, most of them, they gather on the first day, not the seventh. They gather on Sunday. Uh, do you want to do that? Well, sure, you can do that, right? Whatever really is as has you convinced in your own mind is have you been convinced by your studies that you really do need to keep the sabbath well then keep it if you've been convinced by all your studies that you don't need to keep it then don't and we're not to judge each other on that so seventh day adventist fine let them let them do it that's fine whatever you know it's fine with me um they're convinced in their own mind fine let them be according to saint paul I'd rather go to church on Sunday. Um, I'm convinced in my own mind. But now you, the listener, you might have a different uh, idea. So let you can be, in, be convinced in your mind. Let you be convinced from all your studies and everything you've heard and know about that whatever day you want to set aside to worship and rest, that will be your day. And that's the message that St. Paul said. Other than that, I can't really comment on, like, what day is the Sabbath. That would be the, the missing commandment that would arguably be missing if you're keeping the first two. If you love God and you love your neighbor, you're not going to break any of the other commandments. You're not going to because you have love and you're not going to cheat on your neighbor's wife, you know, have, you know, have an affair with your neighbor's wife because you care about your neighbor, right? That's just an example. You're not going to steal from your neighbor because you care about your neighbor you love your neighbor you're not going to steal from them so all these other commandments are all fulfilled in the two if you're keeping the two love god love your neighbor you're keeping all the commandments automatically it's like autopilot <laughs> but um uh, let's see um now it's now uh the writer of hebrews has laid out that um the priesthood the Jesus' priesthood has been transferred from the order of Aaron and Levi, Levitical law, the law of Moses, to Melchizedek. And then it says, for the priesthood changed, there is made necessary a change also of the law. Obviously, because the whole priesthood has changed from Aaron and Levi to Melchizedek. That's the, that's the law. We have to consult with the law of Melchizedek. Well, what is the law of Melchizedek? Well, we don't know. We know to be is the city of peace. He's the from he's the king of peace, the king of the city of peace, the king of Salem. So 
we know peaceful and bring bread and wine. That's about all we've got right there. But Jesus himself lays down the law that you're supposed to keep. And that law is to love God and love your neighbor. Love your neighbor the same way as you love yourself. Well, you think, well, I don't love myself. Yeah, you do. I mean, you get up in the morning, right? You put on clothes because you're cold. You're going to take care of yourself right away. Right? You fix some breakfast because you're hungry, right? right? You're going to take care of yourself right now. You know, you're going to go through your day taking care of yourself because you love yourself, right? Everybody loves their own flesh. Everybody loves their own body unless you're suicidal, right? And you're supposed to love your neighbor the same way as you love yourself. If you do that, you're following all the law. Jesus just laid it out real simple for you, you know? Forget about the law in the Old Testament, right? You're under, you're not even under the same priesthood. You're under Melchizedek, not Aaron. It says it right here. So now what do you do? Well, you listen to Jesus. What did Jesus tell you to, how to live? Now you know. Now you know what laws you're under. Um, but we did retain four laws from Levi. <clears throat> I, should, that should, I should make that clear. Um, I'm try, I've got them in my memory. I will see if I can pull them out from memory. Uh, don't eat anything sacrificed to idol. Don't eat anything that's been strangled to death with the blood. Don't drink blood and abstain from orgies. That's, we do have four laws, actually, that are kind of holdovers from Levitical. And that's from the Council of the Apostles in the book of Acts. So, yeah, we do actually do have four laws. But those are pretty easy to eat. I mean, uh, pretty, pretty easy to eat. Pretty easy to swallow. I mean, <laughs> pretty easy to keep. Um, I mean, don't eat anything sacrificed to an idol. Well, I, I don't think I ever have. I mean, I live in America. If I was in India, that would be a different different story. Um, don't eat anything that's been strangled to death. I've never done that that I can think of. Don't drink blood. I don't like drinking blood. I've tasted it before. You know, I, that's what happens when you're a hunt. I grew up in a hunting family. Our family didn't do this, but some families, as soon as you kill your first deer, then you have to cut open its throat and drink a cup of blood. But so, yeah, as a Christian now, you're not allowed to drink blood. So being a vampire, that's out. And abstain from orgies. I've never been to an orgy either. So um, I'm trying to think back in my very early years when I was a rock star. No, nope, not even then. So I guess we're good. We're good. <laughs> oh, let me get some coffee here. Uh, that's better. For... On the next verse, for there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. That's a tough verse to understand, especially in the King James. But it's talking about um, there's, I don't actually, you know what, I'm not even going to try to attempt to flesh that one out. <laughs> I'm not a pastor. <laughs> I'm pretty well steady, but um, for the law in verse uh, 19, um, where the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by which the law, by, by which we draw near unto God, draw nigh, draw nigh unto God. 
So it's saying the law didn't make anything perfect. But the bringing of a better hope did. The bringing of when Jesus came, things got better. Things got perfect. Because we have someone who's perfectly kept the law. And he died for us. And people say, well, Jesus died to fulfill the law so you don't have to. Well, that's actually true. I mean, we can't fulfill the law. So, and we can try. But, you know, trying isn't good enough. If you're trying to get into heaven on your own, you could theoretically perfectly fulfill the law and make it. Theoretically. But you can't do it. Nobody can. Jesus said no one, no man's good. There's no man. He's the only one. So we have to have our fulfillment of the law in Jesus. We have to believe in Jesus, that he's God, that he died for our sins, that he rose from the dead. We have to believe those those things. Um, and once we do, then the law becomes fulfilled. We fulfill the law because we believe in the one that did fulfill the law and died. So that we don't have to follow all these laws in the Old Testament because Jesus fulfilled them. Well, you talk to a Hebrew roots guy and he'll say, well, yeah, well, that just means Jesus brought them to their fullness. But that's not what it means. You read the context of it, and that's not what it means. It doesn't mean... So this Hebrew roots guy telling me, well, no, Jesus just bring the brought the law to its fullness. That's how he fulfilled the law, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, so... I'm like at Denny's with a coffee cup that's getting low. And so the waitress comes over and fills it up, brings it to its fullness. That's that's what Jesus did, right? No, 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 it's no, that's not what fulfilled means. I mean, read your Bible like that's the problem with these uh, these guys. um, They'll come in as predators hoping you don't know your Bible. Well, now, if you know your Bible, you're reading in context when when it says that Jesus fulfilled the law, it's like he fulfilled a contract. The law was a contract, and Jesus finished it. Job done. That's why Jesus said, the last thing he said was, it is finished. The contract was fulfilled. The requirements of the law were fulfilled. And when we believe in him, all those requirements are fulfilled automatically through him, by proxy to us, so that he becomes our fulfillment of the law. It's also like in a, trying to think of an analogy. Well, the traffic ticket is a good analogy. If um, I broke the law, I drove too fast, and I got a traffic ticket, and they were going to take away my license. And I went in, and, and instead of me going in right and taking the penalty for that, Jesus goes in, and he takes the penalty for it. I, I, it was me. I was the one who broke the speeding law. I was the one who has to pay the ticket. It was me. I'm fulfilling this for Johnny, right? So that I still have my license, basically. That's one feeble way to look at it. It's a feeble analogy, but... Um, so that's what that means when, when Jesus fulfilling the law. That's the hope. When it talks about how how we, instead of... It says, for the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. That's Jesus. He fulfilled the law. He's our better hope. Now we can just believe in him, right? And we're good. We fulfilled the law, right? 
And that is basically um, my message, uh, except for I shall read a little further here for you. Um, inasmuch and inasmuch as not without an oath he was made priest. He's talking about Jesus. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath, by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So the Aaronic law, the law, the Levitical laws, the laws of the New Testament, they don't even exist anymore because Jesus is in a completely different priestly order. He's not in that Aaronic order. Jesus is a, or, is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. He is God incarnate. He is God in the flesh. He died for your sins and my sins. And he rose from the dead so that you would have eternal life. And go away with that message and that hope and that um, conviction that if you believe in Jesus, you are saved. And you don't have to fulfill all those laws. And God bless Jesus. Thank you so much because I couldn't do it anyway, even if I tried. <laughs> oh, and not only that, but I don't even have a priesthood to go to, right? If I find mold in my house, I've got no priest to come inspect it. That's the law, right? I mean, thank God. And then all the other ones, you know, that really, I mean, oh, to be able to follow every single one of those laws, wow. I would really look up to somebody who's able to pull that one off. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to. Oh, let's rest in Jesus. And that is my sermon for Sunday today, which is the, uh, what is this, the 26th of February in 2023. Um, everybody, um, turn around, say hi to the guy next to you, <laughs> shake their hand, and, uh, all right, and uh, we'll play a little bit of more organ, <laughs> and this concludes my sermon, I hope. It wasn't too horrible bad. I mean, I've heard worse sermons, you know. I mean, <laughs> All right, this has been the Fringe Radio Network Church Sunday Services. Thank you very much. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.